Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the DFS Dreamer Podcast here in the 2022 NFL season on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I have with me my great friend who helps me build lineups all day, all night. He's always there whenever I got a question. It is Pierre uh, on Twitter. He is at Pee31 on Twitter. Welcome to the show again, Pierre. Hey, we're back. We are back. back. I'm ready. 2022 NFL season kicks off technically. Two days, uh, Thursday night, but you know we're, we'll be covering a little bit of everything going into Sunday, and just excited to have football back. No, no, and, and we do the DFS Streamer podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. We we do, we back it up a couple of days. We try to get it out on Tuesday just to mm-hmm. have everybody give everybody opportunity to marinate on some of these things. We like to cover a lot of different people on here because uh, I think a lot of people, Pierre have got a lot of questions going into Sunday. And so we're kind of starting that initial build. We're starting that initial talk, I think, here on Tuesday. And, and you have to do that, I think, as a DFS player. If you're just going to slap a lineup around, the, the odds of success maybe aren't that great. Yeah, and just know that it's initial. That's the the key. Like, we're, we're, we're taking, like, a first look, you yeah. know, at a slate. So there's going to be news that breaks later on in the week, you know, moving up to Sunday. So don't finalize anything. You know, until Sunday morning, early Sunday. Uh, but we're going to have those conversations now so you can kind of start to build a little bit, get an idea of what you might want to do, and then adjust as the news starts to come out once practice and stuff goes into play, usually Wednesday through Friday. And usually we're thinking about those games long beforehand because we look at the point totals. You know, we look at the point totals on like Sunday night. We're going, okay, what's going on next weekend? You know, we're already looking at something like that. And I've got a question for you, Pierre. I know it's something that you look at. How many games are over that magical 50-point threshold that we like to look at uh, to be able to build those DFS? Two. Two. There's only two. If you don't count the the Sunday night, Thursday night, there's two games Um, over 50. That's uh, Chargers and uh, Raiders and then Chiefs and Cardinals. No, you're right there. How many magical games are under that 40-point total? Would you ever play a game that's under a 40-point total? <laughs> potentially. Um, the reason I say potentially is you got to look at what the implied totals are for each individual mm-hmm. team. So if it's like a team that's projected to get 30 – uh, and the other team 10, then yeah, you would want to play that team that's still projected to get 30 points. Uh, but usually, no, it's 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 low for a reason. It's usually slower paced teams playing. Uh, you don't want to avoid it. If like there's a value play or something coming from that game, you know, you want to take advantage of the value on the board. But I tend to to, to definitely steer towards the, the higher over-unders, let Vegas do their job and hope that they're right. Yeah, if there's a 30-point under, I'm going to take the weather as my top prospect. In, or my, I'm going to put the weather in my captain spot. You know, that, Or defense. Uh, you know, those are the kind of games you can target yeah. a defense. Uh, okay, so what are the lowest point totals that we might want to stay away from, steer clear of, in this classic uh, DFS Dreamer podcast slate? Um, I tend to try to stay above you know, 45 if possible. Yeah. So it's going to be tough because there's, there's some value, like I mentioned earlier, uh, with some of these low games, you can find value with uh, the Saints and the Falcons game. Uh, you look at you know the the running quarterbacks that are going to appear when it comes to the, the Niners and the Bears, which is only a forty-one total. But you know, folks like those quarterbacks. 
Not big on the the Cleveland and Carolina game. I just don't like either offense. That's at 41 and a half. So probably staying away really from those three if possible, unless there's a value play that stands out. I agree with you. I, 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 I like what you said about everything there, really, Pierre. I was thinking about what you said, and I was going, yeah, I agree with them. San Francisco, Chicago. I actually think that that one could be a sneaky little shootout come this Sunday. I, I don't know that I value either one of those defenses very much. And San Francisco's on the road. I, I just, I can see that would be in a little shootout. Uh, I like that. I like what you said. Might be a lot of Trey Lance naked that day. I don't know. <laughs> Boy, yeah, huh? Fields too. We could have two of them out there. Just all right. No, um, no. Fields is going to Moody. Fields is going to Komet. Bears will walk yeah. away with the victory. One and oh, baby. One and oh. Super oh, Bears. Super Bowl. Don't, don't Super get ahead Bears. of yourself. I'm going to let you have your excitement. Go, go, Bears. I don't want to bring you down <laughs> off that. That Chicago high just yet. I'm sure they'll do that for you as the season plays out. But uh, you look at the rushing upside. I know we haven't dove in yet, but you look at Fields last year. His big one's going to be, you know, the the Niners. You know, he ran for over 100 yards on his feet uh, last week. So just keep that in mind, also. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going to cut up that part where you said super. Where you said Bears. Is it going to win on Sunday? Whatever you said there, and I'm going to play it for your wife one of these days. I'm going to say, I got blackmail on you, Pierre. Pierre, we've got a bunch of quarterbacks, and really, I'm going to need your help this week. You can find me over on Twitter, at Loafinit, if you have a question. Uh, hopefully, I can help you answer it. And, uh, Pierre, this week, though, I, I don't mm-hmm. know a lot going on. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I keep my nose in the headlines and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's not really clear on week one. You know, it still seems kind of muddy, like there's positional ba- – I don't want to say positional battles, but, you know, what direction is the ball going to go? I think about mm-hmm. Buffalo, and I, I think about Isaiah McKenzie, all the st- great, good reports we've heard out of him, Gabe Davis breakout season, and then you still got Stephon Diggs who gets 160 targets uh, a year. Yeah. I, 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 You know, things just aren't cleared. I know that those guys aren't on the main slate or anything like that, but I'm mm-hmm. just – as an example, some of those things aren't clear. So you're going to have to help walk me through this, especially if you're a beginning DFS player. Some of those pop names might not be the best ones to go with yeah we'll, we'll touch on that game real fast so opener thursday night there's a showdown slate uh you mentioned it um i think gabe davis is gonna be really popular yeah uh, for one he should probably avoid Jalen ramsey i feel like ramsey's probably gonna if not shadow digs find digs on the field more often than not and then uh mckenzie beat out crowder you know the vet at the at the slot beasley's gone emmanuel sanders is gone uh, so those are really two good plays that you can pair up with Josh Allen to get off of digs. Uh, then on the other side of the ball, you know, you're looking at obviously Cooper Cup no matter what. Uh, you're hoping Stafford and his elbows okay. They've added Allen Robinson coming from your Bears. Um, and then Van Jefferson right now is questionable. So um, a guy I'm looking at pretty cheap right now is Tutu Atwell. Didn't play much in the preseason. Uh, if you know Sean McVay, he doesn't play his starters a lot during the preseason. So the fact that Tutu didn't play uh, could bolt well, especially if Van Jefferson misses. Uh, so those are just kind of the, the plays I've been looking at. Gabe Davis, McKenzie, and then obviously Cup, Robinson, and Tutu to go with Josh Allen or Matthew Stafford with the passing game. Running backs, not ugh, I'm not really yeah. liking many. Uh, Singletary ended the year really well. Uh, so maybe a single Terry, but also sprinkle in some of your kickers. Uh, you got Bass there, and yes. you know I think it's is it Matt Gay, I believe, for the the Rams right now. So think about that for your showdown slate Thursday. Just to toss that in there real fast. 
And they're two good defenses. And so usually a kicker can uh, kind of shine during that time because good defenses tighten up whenever it gets down there in the red zone. And that might be where the field goal kickers are able to punch it through there for them. And I like what you're saying. And I really love that the fact that you did not say one name that I am sticking in my captain spot. Uh-uh. Just that? to be a little contrarian. And some of those free contests, you know, where they're huge numbers or even that, mm-hmm. you know, $5 one, Tyler Higby. Tyler, yeah, I don't have to worry about that for me. <laughs> well, I understand, but he had a lot of red zone threats last year. Uh, didn't didn't come through, but you're talking about a familiar face. Cup, mm-hmm. Allen Robinson's going to get a lot of that attention. If, if, if Tutu Atwell, come on, he can throw him the football. He can throw Tyler Higby, man. <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking Tyler Higby in some of those things to be a little contrarian because that's how little Wes's mind works. No, I mean, it, it's smart if it plays out. I don't like putting tight ends. And my captain, unless yeah, it's like yeah. Kelsey or Andrews. But, I mean, you, like you said, it will be contrarian. So, if he gets, <laughs> you know, two touchdowns, then you're you're looking pretty good. If he doesn't, then good luck catching everybody else. Gold on that main slate is what we're looking for now. We're looking for three times the value. Am I right there? Three times yeah. the value. All right. Yeah. Three times the value. Out of the top five quarterbacks here, Pierre, if we look at a Mahomes, Herbert, Jackson, Murray, Rodgers, Rogers, uh, out of the five. Yes. Okay. Uh, do you see one that won't hit their five, uh, three times the value? Uh, I, I don't think so. I like, I like all five. DraftKings is pretty smart because when you look at the, the high totals, it's these quarterbacks. Yeah. It is. You got the, again, the Chiefs, Arizona, highest over under, Mahomes and Murray right there at the top. Second highest is the, the Chargers and Raiders. You got Herbert right there. Third highest, uh, depending on what board you're looking at, it's either going to be Green Bay and Minnesota, uh, which you got Rodgers right there as well. And then Jackson, from a, a team total standpoint, Baltimore's you know projected to score 28.8 as well. If I had to pick one, probably probably Herbert. Um, for one, he doesn't have the, the need. Um, he can spread the ball out. He has Eckler in the backfield. He doesn't have to force it, I guess you could say. You can see Eckler kind of vulture. Uh, whereas Kansas City, I don't like their running attack. Uh, Lamar Jackson is the Ravens running attack. Uh, safer for Murray, he's he's got good upside with his legs, um, even with Connor there. And then Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. They might lean on the run a little bit more uh, with Devontae Adams gone. But, I mean, he's still Rodgers, and he's the cheapest of the bunch. You're only looking for 21, which I think he can get there as well. So if there was one, probably Herbert. But I think they'll, they'll all hit that or have the capability of hitting that. Yeah, Rogers at twenty to get equal three times value at seven K here at twenty one seems very reachable for him. But he would be the guy who I would say would finish last, and of course he is fifth in all this. Just because I'm not sure of that weapons. If I'm going to spend up on a quarterback, I think Lamar Jackson is in a smash spot right here. I'm going to pair him. I'm going to stack him up with a little bit of Andrews. I don't know if I want to stack him up with any wide receiver necessarily, Pierre. I might just go with like a Jackson Andrews stack right there. Yeah, that'd be the smart pairing. Uh, if you didn't want to toss in a receiver, I think Bateman's the obvious one. Uh, he'll be in there around 5,300, but you'll be just fine. When you have someone like Lamar who's also good with his legs, I don't think it's necessary that you have to double stack them. Um, it's oftentimes just running with their top target, which I think is Andrews, and I think that's that will suffice if necessary, and you don't want to double stack that team. 
And plus, there's just so much value out there. It feels like at the wide receiver position right now, you could spend up on quarterback a little bit. And mm-hmm. in these early weeks, you can get some of those uh, no-name wide receivers that are out there that are really <laughs> still dirt cheap in DraftKings uh, this this week that we'll go over here in a little bit. That's the that's the the the, the big spot of week one. That's the bright spot is salary isn't quite where it needs to be just yet on whether it's someone going into their second year that you're expecting to take that next step or rookies who just aren't priced properly. These salaries came out a little early. There could be injuries or or depth chart type issues where you're going to get some value at some of the key offensive positions that won't be there here a couple weeks down the line. Yes. Uh, Let's look at this next tier going from Russell Wilson all the way down to Trey Lance. Russell Wilson's Mm -hmm. at 6,900. Lance is at 6K. As I look at this tier right here, Pierre, uh, I I get a little nervous about one of these players, and just one is all I get nervous about. Can you tell me which one? I'll tell you, Russ is on Monday night, so he's not going to be in the, the main slate itself. The one you're nervous about, Burrow. Oh, you were questioning. I thought you were, <laughs> were going to go through with that. Uh, yes, it is Joe Burrow, just against Pittsburgh. I'm not saying Pittsburgh has their number. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm I, not going to say that that game even could be a shootout, and I'm I'm kind of worried about Joe Burrow. I, I, I just think Pittsburgh has their number a little bit. And this this is a game that Pittsburgh really wants to get you know, right out of the gate. And I know Cincinnati's there, but Cincinnati kind of might have that Super Bowl hangover. So, yes, Joe Burrow is the name that I am a little bit more concerned about than the rest of them. Yeah, coming off the appendix, um, look at his price, though. It seems kind of cheap for, for Joe Burrow at 6400 But, I mean, you look at the two matchups last year, 17.4. Uh, 18.5 so you're looking to get a little bit more over 18 around that 19 range for his price uh they do have Mixon again he's coming off the appendix so it's possible um i still think he'll be popular i think folks will remember you know how he ended the year how the super bowl went he's pretty easy to stack obviously with with chase and higgins being you know two of the top receivers uh, so i do think he'll be popular uh, but i do get what you're saying with the divisional rival steelers trying to, you know, come out, make a case without Big Ben. Should be entertaining uh, from a football standpoint. Not sure how great it'll be from a fantasy standpoint. Oh, I'm excited to see Mitch, Mr. Trubisky, though. I'm excited to see how he does in Pittsburgh. I'm just like, hey, I am the most excited, though, to watch Jalen Hurts here. He's at 6,800. I have mm-hmm. a feeling he's going to move up into that top tier uh, relatively soon, and he's just going to stay up there with that top tier of quarterbacks. I think he's going to be the most popular play on the slate personally uh, yeah. right now. Again, looking at his rushing upside, they went out and added A.J. Brown uh, to give him an additional weapon on top of, you know, Goddard, Devontae Smith. Detroit, I mean, they're feisty. If you remember Detroit last year, yeah. the Lions are feisty. If you're watching Hard Knocks, uh, you, you start to really like them. So that'll be interesting. He didn't have to do much last year when they played. You know, Philly came in there, won 44-6. Uh, he only got 11.2 points in that game. So we'll see probably a different game script. I'm expecting it to be a little bit more competitive, but I do expect him at 6,800 to probably be the the highest rostered, highest owned quarterback, uh, which says a lot given who's kind of in front of him, those first five that we talked about. But again, looking at just what folks are expecting from him this year, that's my expectation. 
Now, when we build a stack around Jalen, uh, mm-hmm. because I think that that's going to be kind of popular, especially if people have been entering contests like you did. Well, you got you got twenty five entries into the the millionaire <laughs> contest for free. Now you said we're before the show. Well, got no, a bunch of free. So I, I've been playing like one dollar satellite yeah, yeah. qualifiers, uh-huh. um, and if you you win or finish top two, top five, depending on the contest, and you win a five dollar ticket to the millionaire maker, and I'm up to like twenty one, twenty two tickets right now. <laughs> Uh, just because I've just been playing baseball uh, and just going after these tickets and they've just been coming pretty easily. So that's a, I think that's a, that's a contest that folks overlook. Um, a lot of people are paying obviously to, to get into these Millie makers and it's fine, but instead of $5, you can get a ticket for $1. You know, why not go that route and just collect, you know, tickets that way uh, versus actually spending, you know, money and depositing in there to get in those contests try to win some of these smaller, you know, qualifiers. And you see a lot of the bigger sharks, you know, do that with the big contest. They're they're playing the the big qualifier, but I just do the small ones, try to load up on tickets. The contest I'm going to play anyways, I'm just able to play them a little cheaper. Do you pivot off of stacking a Hertz though with an AJ Brown and try to pivot off of him and go with a Devontae Smith who who already has a, you know, a rapport built with him and everything and, and did pretty well fantasy-wise last year? I mean, you can, but don't don't get cute either. Okay. You know, they they brought in AJ Brown for a reason. Uh, him and Hurts seem to have a, a really good you know relationship. When you look at how they interact, how they interview together, uh, they really want to see each other's success. So I, I wouldn't just not play AJ Brown just to, to get cute. You know, he's the he's a top guy there now. They paid him top guy money. He's only like sixty four hundred, if I remember correctly, when we get to receiver. So he's not expensive. So sometimes you just want to play the best plays. Like, remember last year, you know, Stafford, yeah, they got Odell, they had Robert Woods, but you were playing Cooper Cup. He was like 9K, but you just couldn't pass up on him because he was, you know, scoring 24 to 30 points every week. So I would do the same here. Don't get cute. You know, A.J. Brown's our top guy. So stack him up with A.J. Brown. If you're going to double stack, then, yeah, you would add in either Smith or Goddard. Uh, Those are really the only three that I would play there. Uh, You just pick two of those guys. Okay, uh, are, are A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts having breakfast? That's all I want to know. Trey Lance, Trey Lance, I don't know who to match him up with. That's why I said pairing him up, uh, just playing him naked on, on mm-hmm. su- Sunday. Sunday. Uh, I don't know who to put him with because I'm not real excited about Kittle. Um, that Chicago defense has got that new off that new uh, coach there. He was from uh, some some team last year or two year. I got, who who is he from? Yeah, yeah, Eberflor, he came Eberflor. from Indy. Yeah, and Eber, so that defense came from the Coats. Uh, I'm not. I don't know. It's really weird because I I wasn't a big fan of his defensive scheme. Uh, he runs a similar, you know, like cover two, cover three, kind of similar to Gus Bradley, but it's all about turnovers. And obviously we had like Darius Leonard punching the ball out. So that helps. I don't know, you know, what the Roquan Smith, maybe he can be that with Darius Leonard type, but they're going to give up yardage. And what the coach really struggled with over the middle of the field with tight ends last year. So the coach were like a 28th ranked defense against tight ends. If the Bears are going to be playing a similar defense, that's actually right in Kittle's wheelhouse. Yeah, well, we Peanut Tillman's coming out of retirement to show up on the field Sunday. <laughs> Peanut he's, punch there. He's punching him out too, right? <laughs> Derek Carr goes all the way down. I, I want to say this starts our like sleeper mold right here, right? Uh, Derek Carr all the way down. Uh, how about you pick one and I'll pick one of these players that we really like or that we could build a stack around and tell me who you're going to stack them up with. And uh, you can go ahead and get started. Derek Carr all the way down here. 
Well, I'm, I'm taking my guy, Matty Ice, um, 5,500, going into Houston. Right now, the, the Coats are implied to score 27 points, uh, 26.8 to be exact. That is third, uh, only behind the Chiefs and the Chargers. Everybody's going to be playing Jonathan Taylor, rightfully so. One of the best, if not the best, running back in the league. Mm-hmm. The way to get off of that is is Matt Ryan. So let's say Jonathan Taylor doesn't rush for two to three touchdowns. Maybe he only has one. Those other two to three are going to come from Matt Ryan there at 5,500. Uh, obviously, pairing up with Pittman uh, is going to be the top receiver. Also, 5,500, really cheap, I feel, right now for, for Michael Pittman. Uh, actually coming off as the the best value um, on the board at wide receiver currently. Uh, it's going to Michael Pittman. His other two starting receivers down to Alec Pierce, 3,900. Pierce Campbell, 3,300. Really cheap, really affordable. Uh, so in this, if I'm going to stack and take a guy below 5,900, I'm going to take a shot on Matt Ryan and hope that maybe Jonathan Taylor doesn't just vulture every single touchdown in this game. Okay. All right. I like that. I like it a lot. You know, I built that early lineup a couple of episodes ago with Matt Ryan as the quarterback. <laughs> and so I think I actually said a lot of those things that you just said. So I'm glad I'm thinking on the same page with you. I will take Joey Flacco, of course. If I don't take him, I'm doing a disservice <laughs> with this, right? Uh, but I'm going to pair him up with Elijah Moore. I'm not going to get cute like you said. I'm not going to mm-hmm. get cute at all. You know who I who whose name is floating around, though, that I've really like went, oh, I forgot all about that. Uh, Berrios. Braxton Berrios, yeah. man. I, sure. I, I'm interested to see what he's going to do this first week. Uh, I'm, I'm even thinking about getting him in Scott Fishbowl just because of how big of a splash he made there. And if I'm going to double stack him, which would be very foolish of me to do with Joe Flacco, but I would take a Tyler Conklin, I think, in that okay. set. He just, he's got a lot of smoke over there right now in New York, and uh, he's <laughs> To have a good rapport, so I may do that just to be really contrarian. And and look, all those prices are are pretty cheap anyway. Joe Flacco is right there. Elijah Moore is the most expensive at fifty one hundred, and then Conklin's at thirty five hundred. I'll be able to find a lot of value and even stick a Jonathan Taylor in there with him. Yeah, I agree. Um, really intriguing. Obviously, the revenge narrative for for Flacco if he does ultimately get the start. I know Zach Wilson started to practice a little bit, but I still yeah, think Flacco is going to start. Um, like you said, Conklin seems to be beating out Uzama right now. Um, only thing I would caution on if you're gonna gonna pair Conklin is you, you tend to like I like to run it back. I like the the correlation of running it back with a sure. player on the opposite team. And I think the most likely person to do that uh, for the Ravens would be Mark Andrews. Yep. If you're going to have you know Flacco as your quarterback, um, I don't like doing two tight ends, uh, a tight end and a flex. So. I would probably go to another one of the receivers. I know you mentioned Barrios. He's actually fourth, uh, kind of in the depth chart now that they you got Corey Davis, uh, mm-hmm. who's really you look at camp, like the training camp news, that's where the connection's been. Um, I do like Elijah Moore, but the connection's been with Corey Davis from Flacco so far. And then the rookie Garrett Wilson, first round pick, top 10 pick, um, is the other one that you would want to look at there. So I would probably go Flacco with Moore and either Davis or Wilson. And then I would run it back with Andrews on the other side if I yeah. were to stack the Jets in that game. Yeah, I'll probably just stay away from doing a double stack with that and just go with that single stack. You know, just, oh, I don't even know if that's a stack. I don't even know if that's a stack. But then <laughs> run it back maybe with two players from Baltimore even. Uh, mm-hmm. But I because I, 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 I like Mike Davis this week too. Go ahead, Pierre, another quarterback and stack him up for me. Yeah, <laughs> like Mike Davis this week. Yeah, no. Huh? I can't just gloss over that. Uh, the other one uh, I like down here, 
Uh, it actually is going to be at the top. It's Derek Carr, 5,900. So they went out. They got him his best college pal in Devontae Adams. Uh, broke my wife's heart being the Packers fan. So you look at him. You got Hunter Renfro coming off his biggest year that he's had. Uh, questionable tag on Waller, but he's a really good price uh, there at 50, 5,400, I believe. Uh, again, the Chargers really struggled against tight ends themselves. He got the second highest over-under on the slate uh, going up against the, the Chargers there with the Raiders. So Derek Carr, 24.8 total uh, for the Raiders would be who I would also stack up down here in this range. Yeah, I like Carr too. And I think that he's the most, ex- well, he is the most expensive out of this bottom tier. Mm-hmm. Here, I can't help but think, just because I I see this Jacksonville Jaguar team going against Washington, the Commanders, and they got the big 32 next to it, which means the Commanders have got the worst defense, and I still don't think that that's necessarily improved from last year. I think that that is probably a a pretty good trajectory for their defense this season. And so I I like that Trevor Lawrence stack. I'm not sure who I'd want to put him with, but this is the first one I'd really want to put with ETN, I I believe, you know, just that running back, because it gives a lot of flexibility there for you then to go with the wide receivers who seem to have the big boom value. And I think ETN will be able to find the end zone this week. Uh, And then I think about the wide receivers and I go, well, they didn't bring Christian Kirk in there for nothing. But at the same time, I look at Ingram. And I know the one touchdown I saw from Jacksonville this preseason went to Ingram, and I think it was his only target, so that makes me scared. I don't know who to pair Trevor Lawrence up with, really. I mean, you mentioned it. I, I caution on using running backs unless you know you know, they're a, a pass-catching back like McCaffrey, Eckler, one of those types. Uh, we didn't get to really see Etienne because he got hurt. I know we saw him at Clemson uh, with Lawrence there, but Lawrence is like a wait-and-see approach for me. Okay. Um, I, I might get behind, you know, I, I usually try to get out in front, uh, when it comes to, you know, those players, hoping that they, you can get them at a cheaper salary, but you got a new, new coach in Peterson. Again, you, you mentioned Kirk Ingram, new weapons on the road, uh, against the commanders as well. So I, I would caution on Lawrence. If he have multiple entries, then yeah, take a shot. But I, I would just be cautious with him just to see kind of how that offense starts to to change now that Urban Meyer's gone and he does have a couple other weapons to throw to. Hey, baby, when you play quarter lineups, you can throw caution to the wind, okay? You can throw caution to the wind. You can just build all you want to your heart's content. Anybody else you see down here? I know I really like Justin Fields this Sunday. Mm -hmm. A couple of good weapons to stack him up with. I I just don't see any run back potential unless I want to stick a Debo or something in there, but I just don't like anything else off that San Francisco side. I mean, Debo's good. What do you mean? <laughs> I know he is, but I'm just saying that I, I think everybody will be playing him. I don't like to do that. Debo is also the third highest uh, p- yeah. total or, or numbered. Uh, I mean, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, either one of those would be the bring back. Again, Phil's too easy targets to stack. It'd be Komet Mooney would be the ones. Other ones down here, I'm intrigued by Jared Goff. I like a lot of his, his weapons around him. Obviously, we saw how Amon Ross St. Brown finished the year. Uh, you got TJ Hawkinson back, uh, coming healthy at tight end. Swift is a, a pass catching back out of the backfield. DJ Chark, they added from Jacksonville. So I don't mind golf. You know, again, you look at the the total in this, it's it's up to 48 and a half. So it's now the the third highest over under on the slate. Uh, it is indoors there in Detroit, also. So, you know, that helps with the, the weather element. So I don't mind golf 5,400. I think a lot of folks are gonna play Jameis. Uh, down at 53, pass catching back in Kamara. 
getting Michael Thomas back, first round pick Chris Olave, added Jarvis Landry. Uh, you know, the Falcons are really, really bad. So a lot of things can, can add up with, with Winston there. He can run it back with either London or Pitts. And then down a, a little bit um, lower there, I think they're lower. Uh, yeah, Daniel Jones will be the the other one that folks will, will look at just because his his pass catching options are, are super cheap. You look at Tony at 4,100. You got rookie Wandell Robinson at 3K minimum salary. You know, you look at Shepard may not play. Slayton's kind of in the doghouse. Kenny Galladay can't catch a coat these days. Uh, so you look and get you a part of that 425. So you have some some PMR left as well. Uh, you can run it back on the Titans with anyone from King Henry. Uh, you got Robert Woods there now. You got the, the rookie Traylon Burke. So Daniel Jones also uh, stackable as well as Winston down there towards the bottom. Hey, you talk about a very interesting uh, theory there, and that is having an afternoon flexibility of yes. being able to like see if you're if you're leading a tournament in the afternoon flex or, or you know just the classic tournament or, and and then you look at the people around you if you're having a real good day do you tend to say okay I got some gambling things here at the at the second half of this slate here and I'm not sure how these numbers are going to turn out maybe I need to be a little bit more conservative do, do you switch this up how often do you do it because that's really that's like juggling lineups for me and that's hard for me to do beer do you switch lineups that was you're saying like people out uh, swap them out yeah swap uh, late swap yeah yeah so you you should you're really at a disadvantage if you don't, and I know it's hard for the casual players to do so, you want to set it, you want to be done, either watch the games or, or do things with your family. But what what could take place is, so let's say, for example, you have all, you know, one o'clock players that you okay. can play. You're in first place and you got one player at tight end. Uh, it looks like your salary remains about 66, 6,700. Okay. So I'm guessing you're going to have Kelsey. If I'm behind you and I also have Kelsey at tight end, there's no way I can catch you. It's impossible. If I instead switch to a, a Waller, you know, switch to a Ertz, I now give myself a chance to catch who's in front of me um, because you can look at who they play once they've been, you know, once they're not locked anymore, you can kind of add up salary to get an idea of who, who, who's left on an opposing player's team. And when you look at that, you want to differentiate yourself if you're if there's dead money. And what that means, like I said, is you're, you're probably going to have the same player. There's no way of you catching that person. You want to get off that person. And you can't do that if you just set it at 1 o'clock, leave it alone. You want to try to check in if you can and, and differentiate if you need to um, in order to catch somebody in front of you. I did that a couple of times, and I haven't. I, I don't think we plugged the DFS Dreamer podcast show contest that we put on here each and every week. That you'll you'll uh, put on the pin tweet, I guess, or you'll you'll put on the tweet that gets put out here for the show. You'll yeah. put it underneath there, and you'll also have it over on your show, and I'll do it on my my Twitter handle and everything too. Uh, so. But we'll, we'll, I did that a couple of times last year, and that worked out. It was beneficial, but it is it, it is hard. It ain't easy sometimes because, like you said, I'm, I'm going, wait a minute. I'm trying to do something here, and I can't do it. Be quiet, oh, yeah. kids. Be quiet. <laughs> well, I'm awful at it, too, because I don't like to see what I'm winning from a, a money standpoint. Oh. I don't want to know. Um, but when you go in and have to make edits, you're going to see it. So that's what's, that's what's tough for me because there's times I'll go in and – 
like I'm I'm up pretty pretty good, and there's still obviously games to go, and you see what you finish, but you're like, man, I wish I would have never known um, how much I was up. Uh, but again, you, you also want to have that flexibility to swap to catch people. So it's it's tough. I know um, I think it's Al Smizzle is a, a big one. Uh, a few years ago, he won a millionaire maker doing that. I want to say it was uh, the Vikings and Packers and everyone was on Devontae Adams. Uh, this has been years ago. And he got off Devontae Adams for Stefan Diggs and Stefan Diggs ended up having a really big game and he was able to catch the folks in front of him and win the millionaire maker with, with digs over Adams. So those are the type of situations that you want to give yourself a chance. Uh, if you're right there, you know, and you know that you're, you're within striking distance of a millionaire maker. You don't want to miss that one once in a lifetime, potentially opportunity because you didn't swap a, a player that you had the same person as the first place guy. You want to at least give yourself an opportunity, even if it's not the, the best player uh, on the slate. Here on the DFS Dreamer Podcast, we try to walk you through that Sunday slate the best way that we possibly can, and we really appreciate all the comments, questions, concerns that you've had over this podcast. We encourage you to go ahead and slap those stars around on whatever listening platform you like to listen to it on. Give us a good rating if you don't mind. It helps the algorithm stuff. Go ahead and leave us a review on there as well if you would like to, or any kind of questions or anything like that that you have. Just go ahead and type them in there. That way we can know who you are and, and all that. Also, let me remind you that we do have that DFS. FS Dreamer, uh, what, what a classic slate coming up here on Sunday, the, just the contest we have over there on DraftKings, and we will have that posted. I will pin that on my Loafinit account, at uh, Loafinit on Twitter, at Loafinit, the Fantasy Impact Today Twitter account, at FI Today, with a little underscore there, still has the Baby Bowl up there, Pierre, and if you have not joined the Baby Bowl, I believe there are still a couple of days left to be able to join that Baby Bowl, so we're locking in those lineups really, really soon, and don't forget to follow Pierre at PeeWee31 over on Twitter. If you have any last-minute questions or anything, you can hit him up on Sunday or Saturday, and he will help you build those lineups, Pierre. Yeah, yeah, excited. Definitely get the baby bump. Glad you said that. I got to make sure I set that lineup <laughs> as well in addition. So looking, looking forward to it. Yeah, and check that one out uh, at the Fantasy Impact Today Twitter handle at FI Today with a little underscore. Here, I, I got to mention one more before we get off quarterbacks here because I, I like this game. I, I I know it's going up against the Indianapolis Colts defense, but Davis Mills, you know, is, is somebody that I've had my eye on now for a year and a half or so. He's at 5,300, so I feel like I could build a lineup around him, especially when I look at some of those options that he's throwing it to with a Brandon Cooks and a Nico Collins. Brandon Cooks is at 63, Nico Collins is at 42. And if I want to differentiate myself, I'm going to tell you what. A $4,900 Rex Burkhead, I'm not sneezing at. I am not laughing at. I, I kind of look at it and I go, you know, Rex had 11 touches, I think, the last preseason game. And after that last mm -hmm. preseason game, our guy Marlon Mack got released even and, and didn't end up signing or got released from the practice squad, whatever that, that whole thing is going on now. Mm -hmm. But I, I like that little stack a little bit because I see a shootout and then I see the runback potential on the other side with Indianapolis. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be Pierce. Uh, the rookie's probably going to be the the lead back. Um, I don't like Davis Mills this week just because the, the Colts really, really did a number on him last year. So we play him twice, uh, week six, week 13. He had eight points, and he had three points. Uh, the Colts might have his number. I think our defense is actually going to be better. I know the question mark is if 
Darius call me Shaquille Leonard is actually going to play uh, week one. But I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hesitate playing Davis Mills to start just because I really like the coach defense. I think they're probably a top five defense this year. Over on the running back, Pierre, we've got some big, big names up at the top, rightfully so, because none of them have dropped or busted yet. You know what I mean? Like there's there's not any of those drops yet going on there. Out of these running backs, mm-hmm. and this is where this is this is where we usually see those people hit 10K throughout the year. Okay. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor's at 9,100 already. Uh, out of these guys, who are we going to see hit 10K first? Taylor, Henry, McCaffrey, any of those three? Uh, if it's going to be one, it's going to be Jonathan Taylor, uh, just because he's got a, a $500 advantage over all the other ones right now. And if he comes out this game against the Texans and blows up, then he he could get there in a week or two. Uh, you got the Texans, you got the Jacksonville Jaguars week one, week two before Kansas City. So I do think Taylor's the the most reasonable to get the 10K first, given he's at 9,100 and has two winnable matchups to, to really jump him up if he goes off both those games. And just a reminder, I don't think we had one 10K player last year in our whole thing. I think we talked about that many times, I, if I, but that may have been week one and week two, and that's all I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I think Cup got close, but I don't, I don't think he actually I, got there. I don't think he did either. All right, so any of these guys going to be bust here out of these top-tiered guys all the way down to James Conner, Pierre, Jonathan Taylor, all the way down to James Conner. Anybody who you're just completely staying away from, isn't it Dalvin Cook going against Green Bay with the big red five by his name? Nope. <laughs> Not off of anyone. Um, they're all playable. I think this might be the the best way to to get different, to to be contrarian, is going to be up here with these running backs. You now, can't play them all. You can only play three. And I think they're they've all got you know slate winning upside. Now, whenever you do that though, you want to pair them up with their defense, right? Are there any of these guys that you're looking at just to pair up with the defense? I mean, you want to. You, you tend to want to pair them up with a, a defense that's good correlation itself. Um, again, I mentioned the Coats, how they treated Mills. So if you can go Taylor and Coats, that would be great. We know Daniel Jones can be awful <laughs> at times. So Henry with the Titans, you know, on the road, the Titans defense had some pretty big games. Maybe Carolina's defense pumped up to, to help out Baker and beat the Browns who has, you know, Jacoby Brissett at, at quarterback. He's capable of making turnovers. I seen that in Indy myself, mm-hmm. uh, seen it with the Dolphins. Uh, Chargers, really good defense on paper. You know, you look at their situation, getting Derwin James back. They got, you know, J.C. Jackson from the Patriots. Um, obviously, they got Bosa up front. I think, didn't they get your guy too um, up front? Uh, came from the Bears. Uh, yeah. Khalil Mack, I believe yep. he's there as well. So, I mean, those are guys you can pair up with their defenses. Minnesota, maybe not. <laughs> not sure what I uh, go against Rodgers there. Okay. Uh, with the Saints, I mean, all these guys, you can play their defense, honestly. Probably well, not the, the Vikings or the Cardinals are probably the two I would avoid. Well, and that's a great point because when you look at the Minnesota defense going against Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw interceptions. I mean, it's just not what he yeah. does. And Minnesota just doesn't have a defense. That's just not what they do either. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I like how Kamara in this spot, Atlanta is one of those teams that just has an atrocious defense. Uh, Kamara is one of those explosive de- uh, team uh, players right here at 7,600. I can look at him getting three times that value pretty easily if I were to pick out a favorite, I guess, a favorite. 
Yeah, hey, he's gotten over 20 uh, both games last year. A lot of people thought he was going to be suspended. He is not. So I, I like Kamara quite a bit. Uh, you're looking at 7,600, kind of a discount. You know, he ended up around 8,300 last year, was up over 76 every every week he played. When you look at last year, he was never under 7,700. So this is cheap as he's been in a year. So I definitely like him, uh, given that he's not going to be suspended now and should be full go and kind of a safety blanket for Jameis coming off the ACL. This is a great spot, like you were talking about, Pierre, for that late swap in the afternoon, because mm-hmm. you look at you look at Henry, you look at Eckler, I believe, is even uh, afternoon game. Dalvin Cook yeah. is an Alvin afternoon game, and then you have both of the Green Bay Packer running backs here in the afternoon as well. I know we didn't go all the way down to Aaron Jones, but mm-hmm. he's at sixty seven hundred. Uh, a lot of these players are right here in this spot. James Conner is even here in this late afternoon swap. So you can kind of look at that and get a little feel for it and pull the old swaparoo. So it may be smart to look at these afternoon guys uh, just to play them at the running back position instead of going on a Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I mean, for one, you're going to save money not playing Taylor. Uh, if he blows up, then you're, you're screwed because most people are going to play him. But if he doesn't, you know, one of these guys blow up, you're in really good shape. Uh, I also recommend, you know, putting late afternoon guys in your flex. Um, so that way you do have even more flexibility, you know, with the flex. <laughs> See that flex? But um, that's the that's the thing. And so, you know, you can go, like you said, Connor, Eckler, Jones, Henry, Cook, you know, all those guys available. Even if you go down to A.J. Dillon at 53, just to get different, to to try to catch someone. In addition to the the high totals are here. They're at the, mm-hmm. the 4 o'clock games. So if you're if you're winning the contest at one o'clock and you don't have any anyone the four o'clock games, I'll almost guarantee you you're not going to continue to win that contest when you look at these big totals uh, here in the late afternoon game. No, I agree with you. I see that completely playing out that way in the next little tier that we have we do have aaron jones at 6700 we didn't mention swift swift is at 6800 i guess we need to go up there one time just because swift is going to be a very popular play i believe and i won't understand why because it's going against a philadelphia defense that i think was underrated last year they may have gave up a lot of points i don't know why it's got a 25th by there i think philadelphia's defense is a lot better than that i agree they got the the big georgia davis you know, a D tackle yeah. now, big body. So again, though, you look at Vegas, this is the third highest yeah. over under on the slate, 48 and a half. So they may know something we don't, but I agree. I, I'm not sure this game is going to get there. Like many think uh, both teams don't really play that fast either. Uh, so slower pace. I know Philly likes to run the ball. Yeah. They added AJ Brown, but they like to, you know, grind it out with Sanders mm-hmm. and, and hurt. So not sure on Swift. Do like Aaron Jones quite a bit. Uh, you see his fantasy, you know, his numbers just go up. He averages, you know, 20-plus points on average when in games that Devontae Adams missed. Uh, obviously, Devontae Adams is going to miss this game and every game this season because he's on the Raiders now. So I, I do like Aaron Jones, 6,700. Don't mind, you know, his his counterpart when we get down to, to him as well. Not, not too sold on Chubb. Uh, worry about Brissett being the quarterback and see the Panthers trying to stack the box. Do like Harris. Um, I don't think he's going to get a lot of traction. Uh, for one, there was the, the news about the potential, you know, Liz Frank injury that he was in dealing with. You look at their total against the Bengals, not great, not great total. It's about 18. But you look at his volume, like with Roethlisberger, he was getting carries, he was getting targets. 
you had one game at Cincinnati. He only got seven. You look at the other game against Cincinnati. He got 31.2. If you're getting 31.2 at 6,400, you're almost hitting like five times the value almost. So wouldn't discount Harris there at 6,400, just given his volume. And then those next two, I'm going to say a hard no. He got a backup in Madison. I don't think the Raiders like Jacobs. And then Barkley is going to be the the big question mark that everyone's probably going to be on at sixty one hundred. What are your thoughts on Saquon? I I do think that he everybody's going to be on him. He's going to be a highly rostered player. I think this <laughs> Sunday, especially at sixty one hundred, because his name belongs in that top tier. But yet his production over the last couple of seasons belongs. I don't even want to say in this tier, maybe even below this tier. But at sixty one hundred, feels like a generous price tag for his production over the last couple of years. I I think Tennessee is really good at taking away your best player, and I think that they're going to key in on uh, Saquon Barkley this this week to take him away and say, go ahead and try to beat us with everybody else because we don't even know the names on the back of the jerseys this week, right? And yeah. so that's that's the way I see this going, and I would not I would stay away from Saquon. And they got a stout defense up front. They got Simmons in the middle. Uh, you look at Jonathan Taylor, who you know was the best back last year. He only got eight points against the Titans uh, week three, and he got up to 21 uh, there in week eight. But, you know, that game went to overtime, and – I just I don't I don't see it with Saquon week one, but I do think a lot of people are going to be on him. I think I probably wait for a better matchup and hope that his salary doesn't go up too much. Now we talk about stacking up different running backs or different quarterbacks <laughs> with wide receivers and stuff. We don't like to mix and match this. Travis Etienne is down here at fifty six hundred in this next tier. I think a big name right here is Antonio Gibson this week, Pierre. <laughs> I I he's got a lot to prove, and at fifty eight hundred. Yeah. It's either him and J.D. McKissick, and possibly Washington could be playing from ahead, and so it doesn't seem like a McKissick game at all. Um, I I still have the name Patterson running through my brain, though, for Washington, you know? And and I I don't know how much I could trust Antonio Gibson in this game, but his price point at 5,800 for the way this game script kind of looks like in my head going with him maybe being able to be up by some points, I don't mind Antonio Gibson in this next year. So he's unique. He's unique for a couple reasons. Reason one, uh, obviously the the tragedy with Brian Robinson, the 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 rookie who many thought were going to supplant him. You know, he had an attempted you know robbery happen to him. He got shot a couple times. So he's he's recovering. Uh, hopefully, he makes it back this season. But that was really the biggest competition for Gibson, uh, given that he's out. This is almost a, a Gibson backfield outside of McKissick. So that's the that's the key thing. The the other concern uh, is Carson Wentz, which you know I'm a Wentz fan, but he just doesn't like checkdowns. He doesn't like taking easy shots to the 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 running backs. Naeem Hines, you know, didn't have the year that he is expected to have. His talent wasn't used. Even Taylor, who can catch the ball, we didn't really use him as well because Wentz likes to play hero ball. He likes to force it down the field. And so that could hurt some of the the passing for Gibson rushing. He should get all the the chances that he can get. Um, He had fumbling problems this preseason. That's a concern as well. But as you mentioned, a lot of folks have soured on him. For 5,800, if he's actually going to get the the chance to be the bell cow back in this game, he's he's worth the risk to, to take at his price tag, but just know those concerns going into it. Would you rather have this week or play this week a Travis Etienne or a Clyde Edwards Hilaire? 
It's in. I don't. I don't like Alaire. You don't like Alaire at all. <laughs> no, never a fan. I, I, they're going to regret passing on Taylor, which I appreciate. Well, okay, you got you're vengeful. I can hear it in your voice. Uh, out of out of the anybody down here at the bottom that you really like, I can see a Chase Edmonds, but he's going against New England. But he's a good name to have. Are you playing for a Naheem Hines breakout game against Houston at fifty one hundred? Um, I like Hines, but I'm not. I'm not going to play him there. I feel like there's. There's still a few guys down here with the opportunity. Uh, you mentioned Hetman's. Uh, he should have one even against New England. But I really like A.J. Dillon uh, there at 5,300. Looking at the, again, 425 game, four fives over under. I, I feel like they're going to run the ball a bit more without Adams. You look at Aaron Jones. I, I They're going to split some, but Dillon's going to be like your goal line inside the 20 type of running back. He can also catch the ball just fine. Two games against Minnesota last year, 15.7, 22.3 fantasy points. You take either one of those numbers for 5,300. So I really like A.J. Dillon down here at that price tag. Going down, um, we mentioned the the folks are probably going to flock to Damian Pierce a bit down there. Against the Colts, should win the – I think he was announced the starter today, actually, the, the yeah. running back starter at 4,800. So – He'll get played as well. Outside of that, there's there's not many below there that I like. Mostly just Dylan and then Pierce if you want to test the Coast defense, which I do not. Uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to give me, Pierre, if Rex Burkhead outscores Damian Pierce on Sunday? What are you going to give me? Nothing. <laughs> well, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, he could. It's not like it's it's, it's definitely plausible. I, I don't like either one of them, but it's a it's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, all right. So that's that's the running backs. What about wide receivers, Pierre? Top the top wide receivers here. This big old top tier is Devontae Adams. I I think that that probably all oh, boy. That's a big tier, of people, isn't it? I mean, it seems like a big <laughs> tier right there because it, it's so many juicy people right there. Would you rather have uh, build a stack? Are you building stacks around wide receivers, and do you have to stack them up with their quarterbacks? I mean, is it like you got to go mono a mono there? So if you're playing a quarterback, you usually want to stack them with their, their pass catchers. Like I said, you want to avoid running backs. These top-tier guys, I think they'll probably be under-owned. I think people are going to prefer to pay up for the running back. So one of the contrarian things to do could be to, to pay up for the receivers instead. Again, we just went over running backs. And you look at all the, the green when you see that opponent rank. For the running backs, with you know Taylor, Henry, McCaffrey, Eckler, Kamara, Mixon, Connor, Swift, Jones, all those guys, you know, got a green or you know a, a opposing defense in the twenties. You get here to the top receivers, you got third red for Devonte Adams, yeah. red ten for Jefferson. You got Debo sixteenth, but there's a question mark by him. <laughs> Chase fourteen, red Keenan Allen fifth. Red Tyreek Hill fourth, red Mike Williams. So all these guys at the top, that red's going to throw people off. Obviously, it's red for a reason. <laughs> they're in tough matchups. Right. But receivers can win tough matchups. And if they do and you have them, you want to be on these guys that can't explode. You look at Jefferson, for example. He had a 42-point game against the Packers last year. Yeah, I think Jerry Alexander missed that game. But that's just what he's capable of. So keep that in mind when you're looking at building. If you do have multiple lineups or you want to get off some of those higher price running backs, you maybe go down to A.J. Dillon, 
a Burkhead, a Pierce, one of those guys, an Edmonds, and you instead pay up for these top flight receivers and hope that they go off instead of the running backs. So you're kind of thinking about like if a Jonathan Taylor scores 25, 30 points, that's that's a big game, right? Mm-hmm. And can Pierce match that at 15 or 20 in that 10 point differential between them? But is is the you know wide receiver going to be a 40 point game where the next closest wide receiver that you could buy at that money price is only going to get 15 to 20? You know, so, so it's, it, it's more, let's say Jonathan Taylor is going to be 50% owned and he goes for 20. 20 is good. You like 20. It's not getting his three times the value, but 20 is good. 50% at 20. But you go to Justin Jefferson, who's 7% owned. He gets you 30. You now have an advantage because you, you, you he's outscored Taylor by 10 points. And he's also only rostered 7%. So there's a 43% gap that you now have with Justin Jefferson because uh, you went to him at 7,800. You didn't play Taylor, who only got 20. In the process, you saved yourself $1,300 that you can spend up elsewhere to even get more points. So those are just the kind of scenarios you have to think about when building, uh, especially for tournaments. Uh, when you have cash games, you're just trying to double up. You, you probably want to play it more safe. Uh, because if Taylor does go for 40 and 50% of the people have them, then you're in trouble even cashing. So it's more <laughs> of a tournament strategy to, to kind of okay. get off some of those popular plays for guys that still have high upside. Uh, and this is the first week, Pierre. We got, you know, we got to have new players and everything. So it's a lot of different things to think about. And I wish I could tell you this week, hey, I really like this guy in this situation, but I'd like to see the defenses, how they play first. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd like to see how some of those positional changes happen. In the, and if, like we were talking about uh, so many of those guys on the Buffalo Bills. I really don't know what's going to happen with the Bills on, on Sunday. I may not know. I really may not know in two weeks what's going to happen with them. But I certainly <laughs> don't know this week what's going to end up happening with them. Uh, these, I'm not going to say it's more dart throws week one, but it's definitely you're guessing a little bit more in week one. You just don't have the the data. Like most of what you're going off of is from the preseason or the previous year. You don't really see what they have in store until right. you're a couple weeks in. But that's where the advantage is. If you did see something True. with a scheme or something in the preseason, or you do remember how a team played defense uh, the previous year, then you can maybe, you know, build off of that to to start off hot early. Or how good Rex Burkhead was in the third. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right. So more of these wide receivers, uh, Pierre, you, you talked about a big of those names. I love that you said uh, Jefferson there because he did have a big game against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I, I like Devontae Adams as well here at 8,100. I think those big mm-hmm. price tags are going to scare people off. I'm going to stay away from Debo. I like Chase uh, with with against Pittsburgh. I like this $7,100 price point. It kind of seems like those will be the more popular plays in the 7,100 range to that mm-hmm. 6,300 range. Who do you like best out of that? Tyreek Hill is a huge name that I think everybody's going to be all over. Who do I like best out of the top? Uh, yeah, I, I would say between Chase and Cooks, maybe Brown even. I don't know, down there in the Browns. Out of that group, it, it's it's probably it's probably Chase. It's either him or, or A.J. Brown. I think he will have a quite the rapport with Hertz. I think Hertz will will target him quite a bit, um, as you kind of heard about in training camp. But we've we've already saw the Burrow to yeah. Chase connection, so I don't see that changing. So those will be my two in this range. Yeah, and I, I like AJ Brown. I like 
they spent so much money on him, bringing him over there, draft picks, all those things. They're going to want him to pay off relatively yeah. quick. You know, this is why we did sure. it. This is why we did it. Get off our backs, okay, fans. <laughs> uh, the next tier here, I'll just you know scroll down to that fifty five hundred point or so, yeah. and we will. Who out of here? Do you see anybody failing that you got to stay away from, or do you see somebody just super succeeding to hit that three times the value? I think this is a tier that a lot of people will be in. Uh, so failing, I would probably start with Amari Cooper. Yeah. Um, again, I'm just not big on Jacoby Brissett. Love him as a person. Don't really love him as a passer. Uh, so I, I don't think I'll get on Cooper right now just yet. Uh, really like my guy Pittman, uh, 5,500 uh, there against the Texans. Again, he gets you one off of Taylor, but he's clearly the the number one guy with the Coats. They're, they're two and three. Big question marks around Campbell and Pierce. There's no question marks around Pittman. Right now, he's grading out the best points per dollar right receiver. I feel like that's the case for a reason. Really like him. Like T. Higgins, if he he plays. I know he returned to practice. Uh, you can get off of Chase, you know, save yourself about 1,000. Get T. Higgins for 6,100. Had some solid games against the Steelers last year. And again, if he's the, the second guy, then you could see them really trying to stop Chase, which opens up things for him. You look at the the lunch and breakfast mm-hmm. <laughs> situation there. You got Hollywood Brown in Arizona now, played at Oklahoma with Kyler Murray. He's 6,200, highest overrunner on the slate. No DeAndre Hopkins. Zach Ertz is banged up. We'll see if he plays. Rondo Moore just returned to practice, been out. So Hollywood Brown uh, can give you that breakfast, breakfast narrative as well at 6,200. Those are the three. Hollywood, T. Higgins, Pittman that I really like in this range. All right. Well, I'll throw Mooney in there. I just I love the connection. I love everything about that. 5,700. He has he has that uh, connection with Fields, and it, it just seems electrifying. I might be having my <laughs> Bears Wheaties already, though. If Waller's uh, out, if he doesn't play, I do like Renfro. If Waller's oh, yeah. in, I don't like him as much. But if he's out, I like Renfro to, to kind of take some attention off of Adam. Oh yeah, and and if or if Waller doesn't have a new contract and he's out, that's not an injury situation. <laughs> he's going to hold him hostage before too long. What about Elijah Moore? You love him down here at fifty one hundred. Anybody down in this bottom? I won't say fifty one hundred. Boy, there's so many wide receivers, Pierre. I'm telling you, that's that's why I don't think Jeez. folks are going to pay up for the receivers because okay. you, there's no one really. I don't feel in that that mid range. Once you get below 6K from a running back standpoint, um, really the only one I like, again, is A.J. Dillon there. Whereas for receiver, there's so many down here <laughs> below 6K. You got Juju making his first appearance yeah. in the Chiefs offense. Um, Ajax had a really big camp with the Niners. Christian Kirk, uh, we mentioned him getting all the money, kind of setting the, the tone for that right receiver uh, payday this offseason. Elijah Moore, I do like him a lot. We saw Flacco target him last year in the, the game that he played. You yeah. got some rookies down here, London and Burks. Not sure I'm going to play any of them, but they're good. Uh, Corey Davis, I really like him and what I've seen with him and Flacco throughout training camp. You got the, the Packers down here. You got Watson. Uh, again, you got you got Watkins and Watson. You got Donald yeah. Scantling. There's so many. There's so yeah. many down here. And I don't know if any of them are going to be huge plays that can put up the same amount of 
points that maybe a combination of a wide receiver and the running back like we're talking about can can put up. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't know that any of these guys down here are going to have that 15 to 20 point, even higher breakout game that I always want to look for in these guys. And I just don't see it. I, I, I can't see it in them right now. So the Chiefs, I would look at. Okay. Uh, the, the, they're the highest team total. Yes, they have Kelsey, but Tyreek Hill's gone. Those targets have to go somewhere. It's a coin flip. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be Juju? Is it going to be Hartman or Scantling? One of those guys is going to have a big game. Um, you just got to get that right. Uh, same for Arizona down here. So, yeah, you got Hollywood Brown up. But, again, Ertz may not play. Hopkins is suspended. Does Rondell Moore step up at, at 4K? Does, is A.J. Green you know, have a resurgence. Does Andy Isabella, who had a really good preseason down at 3K. So these high total gains, this is where you might want to take a shot at some of these mid-salary receivers because Vegas is saying these teams are going to score points. So someone's going to have to do it. Same with uh, the, the Packers down here when you, you got those guys. Uh, if, if Lazard misses, you know, you could see Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, you know, who had the big preseason Minnesota has guys with Thielen and, and Osborne. These are high-scoring games uh, in which you can get some of these guys that are not priced uh, right. but could have big games because someone's got to score touchdowns. Why not these guys that are going to be on the field? And this is a that great afternoon pivot spot where that you got that late swap thing. Exactly. You can see the person's you – you could probably see what that person's salary is left in those spots and go, okay – he surely played. Uh, he, he surely played Alan Lazard there because it's the exact amount of money left over for an Alan Lazard. And then you pivot off of him and you put in a different Green Bay receiver and and hit pay dirt hopefully, or you stick a KJ Osborne in there or something like that. Hey, hit pay dirt, you know, just something like that. So it's a late swap here. Uh, so Pierre, moving off to that, we we got just a couple of minutes left and we've we've spent a lot of time here going over some initial first week thoughts because it's how to build lineups, how to stuff like that this, this week. Uh, uh, it's hard to put together a slate for me in my brain. Tight ends, <laughs> anybody who you're staying away from? A lot of people, I guess you're staying away from. We're playing so. Andrews. We're playing Kelsey. We're yes. playing those guys out of that top tier. Uh, we even want to play a Kyle Pitts against New Orleans. Yeah, I like Pitts. Um, okay. You look at Mariota, uh, as always, target tight end. Did with Delaney Walker back in the day. Uh, Waller, maybe stay away from him. Okay, I don't know if he's really hurt or if he's faking hurt, but he's clearly not motivated either way. Uh, I do like Hawkinson coming back. Probably not going to play Gusecki. Uh, didn't like what I saw from him out of the, the camp. They seem to be making him a blocker, and he's not a blocker. So I would say no to Gusecki. Playing Goddard, playing Ertz, playing Fryer move. I'd probably play in Joku, too, so um, I'm probably going to pay up. Down at the bottom, I only really like Komet uh, there at the Bears. Ingram, you mentioned, at 3,500 with the Jags. Conklin and Irv Smith uh, with the Jets and the Vikings. Not playing a Colts tight end at all. See, I, I don't like all things Colts, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going – I'm probably not going any cheaper uh, than than Irv Smith at 34. Okay, I don't mind Austin Hooper. I know I've been banging that drum all off season about how much Tennessee likes to use the tight end around the goal line area. Mm-hmm. Austin Hooper still has some gas left in the tank, I believe, uh, under utilized there in Cleveland from how I saw him used in uh, Atlanta. And I, I would like to say that Tennessee's offense is a lot more conducive to his 
skill set than maybe a Cleveland was at that time with so many miles to feed there. And honestly, Austin Hooper may end up being the wide receiver one in Tennessee. I know Robert Woods is there. So if you on how healed he is from such a big injury last season. Yeah, I mean, they got Burks to the the rookie, so we'll see. Yeah. Though I mean, I don't I don't mind Hooper. Some folks might play Hurst at thirty three. I'm just I've never been a I like Hurst again as a person. He just hasn't done it at tight end for me. And Tanya, and I, I don't mind Tanya either at thirty nine hundred. I don't know if you said his name or not. And I say that because obviously Aaron Rodgers liked to throw it to him in the air in the goal line area. I mean, that's that's where Tonian kind of made his bread and butter a little bit. And he might be the only recognizable face for him down there at the goal line. I know Lazard <laughs> is there, but other than Lazard, who else are you gonna throw it to? Yeah, it's true. I just don't know if he's gonna play. Again, he he tore his ACL, so that's that's the question mark. And I'd rather have someone I know is healthy uh with, with uh, money on the line there. Uh, quickly build me a lineup. I know we didn't go over defenses, but we'll find that cheap defense here. So my, I put in a cheap defense that I really like. Uh, that's the Jags. So I, I saw what they did the Carson Wentz before. So I know what they can do to him. So <laughs> you can't I'll get that last the, game out of your I mind. I can't. I am scarred for for life. So give All me, right. give me. Do I want? Yeah, give me. Hold on. Do I want the Jags? Okay. See, you See, got flushed. You went back last year. Yeah, it threw me off. All right, so we got the Jacksonville Jaguars in the defensive position there, uh, and I think that there's some of those. You always like to play cheap. You're looking for three times its value, an mm-hmm. interception, a fumble, those kind of things, a little turnover. Uh, we're looking for in that defensive thing, and then the Jaguars are going to be a very popular play. Uh, yeah. for so give me the Jags. I'll, I'm going to go to the highest over under. Uh, so give me, give me Kyler. Kyler Murray at quarterback, going to pair him up with breakfast mate, Hollywood, Marquise Brown, 6,200, and then Rondell Moore uh, out of Purdue. I feel like he can definitely have an upcoming year. He has a question, so uh, if he's out, uh, go to Isabella, but let's go more right now. Going to run it back with Kelsey, 6,600 tight end. So going to get back on the Travis Kelsey train. Uh, get some running backs in here. Let's try to fit in Taylor. Give me Jonathan Taylor at the top. And then I like A.J. Dillon, uh, 5,300. He's the cheapest. I really like at running back. Gives me a Good. part of the Packers. Got a little bit left. I'm going to stay at 425. So give me give me another Chief. Give me Marquez Valdez-Gantling at 4,700. And then give me Kadarius Tony at 4,100 to round it out. A lot of 425 in there. So I really like that. So it's Kyler Murray, A.J. Dillon, Jonathan Taylor, Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, Valdez, Scantling, Kelsey, Tony, Jaguar. I like that. I like that huge amount of flexibility week number one. All right, week number two, we're going to know what we're doing a little bit better, I think. Uh, and I, you know, we know what we're doing now, but it's just we'll have some more answers to a lot of these questions, I think, that are out there and present uh, itself to the DFS builders that are out there. And I like the afternoon flexibility. I think that is one of the answers and solutions uh, to building any kind of DraftKings lineup this Sunday. Make sure you check out Pierre over on Twitter at Peewee31 if you've got any questions that you want to hit him up with. Also, he'll be able to post that uh, tweet about the DraftKings lineup building contest that we're going to have for the DFS streamer contest. And and that was a cool one. We had over 50 different people in that last year that were repetitive and we were able to fill up those rooms and I want to be able to fill up a bunch of those rooms. So up here, I appreciate you putting all that stuff together, my man. Absolutely. Should run, I believe tomorrow. So be on the lookout tomorrow, which will be Wednesday. We're recording on Tuesday right now. 
Yep, yep, yep. Well, that's what we will do. And you can follow me over on Twitter as well, at LoafinIt on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore there. Tons of great information getting put out there each and every day. And please like, subscribe, and leave a review on the show. Hit that five stars around. Do all those things and share it with your friends. And more importantly than all that, Fit Fam, we always want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today. <laughs>